I know that we have customers and, and, and we're getting away from it that mm -hmm. ask like, how do, how do we make it sound more like a human or how do we make it sound more like a natural conversation? My, my question back is like, as a consumer, does it really matter? Or is the only thing that matters is that they know what I am, know who I am, what I need and can solve my problem. All right, welcome back to another episode of No Whole Time. Happy to confirm we haven't been shut down or canceled yet. Yep. So let's do this. Brian, what do you want to talk about today? Natural language. Natural language. I think it'd be fun to talk about the promise of natural language, what, how it came around, um, some of the evolution, what the new concept of kind of chat GPT or generative AI looks like. Um, there's some topics in there called like the uncanny valley of natural <laughs> language. Ooh. I think it'd be fun to talk about that. So let's start with that. Anybody disagree? No, uncanny valley does sound like a video game. It really does, doesn't mm -hmm. it? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, all right, so Eric, you and I have been dealing with natural language. David, you're you're in there too, but hmm. um, tell me, tell me, what do you, what? How did it start with you? How it started? So it, it's really the evolution of IVR. So think back when it first started. It was touch tone or DTMF. You might hear that term. Uh, so enter one for this, two for that. Then it got a little, a little bit better to where we would ask, hey, tell us what you're calling about. You can say things like, and that was referred to as directed dialogue. Then 10 plus years ago, a term, uh, a new technology in term of natural language, you might hear natural language understanding or NLU came about. And this was more of the experience Thank you for calling so so and so. How may I help you? Everyone was super excited about that. It felt like sky's the limit. We can, customers now can ask for anything they want. Well, we all knew that behind the scenes, it was still only listening for specific words. So a customer could say whatever they wanted, and we would pick out a word and we would say you're calling about that. So that became a very hot button, hot topic. And then as it evolved, it started out, it was okay. And then it was, how do we make this seem much more human? How does the back and forth of the conversation feel more human-like? And that was a theme, Brian, for years. From all of our customers that, that we worked with that used it, how do we make it more conversational, more human-like? Well, in the past few years, it doesn't seem as hot of a topic anymore. And the only thing that seems to have changed is devices in our homes. So whether it's Alexa, whether it's Siri, uh, it sounds like it's a, a bot. It sounds like a robot, but it was something that could help you play music throughout your house, could order you something off of Amazon. And it seems like consumers have just become accustomed to it. Like, I know you're a robot, but I know you could help me, and you don't have to sound like 
I do or we do. And it just almost become more, people are accustomed and okay with it. Are you, you feel the same? Do, do you remember your first natural language app that we worked on? I, you worked on? I'll, I remember it was for a healthcare company. It was one of the first. And I think it took the entire organization to try to <laughs> tune the application uh -huh. to understand what was being said and to feel more human-like. And it was a lengthy, arduous process. Yeah, that, that's the same with me. I, the first time I got, so I, I was working for your organization. Mm -hmm. One of the executives, Bruce, came to me and goes, hey, I hear you're phone company client <laughs> is doing natural language is that right and i had no idea i was I'm like yes of course yeah, yeah they are sure it's just normal speech tech at that point but he had me write up like a dissertation on what it was doing i made the whole thing up <laughs> <laughs> sorry bruce if you're out there listening to this thing but then i realized what it was like yeah. me going through that process of trying to figure out what it was you're right it was it was no longer are you saying payment or agent or whatever you are talking naturally to something and it understanding the intent of what you want intent's the real driver yeah. behind the thing yeah. right because you could say all this but then the reality was before surrey and alexa and all these things no one talked to these things no. so no one had any clue on how to answer this stuff yeah yeah it's like hey thanks for calling xyz how can i help you today payment consume agent yes like consumers yes. have no clue how to interact with these no. things the cool thing about where we're at today at least for our business is that somebody else trained everybody yeah, yeah. and i think that to me has been kind of a neat evolution when it's all said and done um david your first give me a, a real world example of something that you've dealt with that you thought was good with natural language you can't say siri or alexa you gotta give me something tough well let me let me spin this on you. I had a, I had an a, an experience this morning that I want to draw on from that, right? I'm uh -huh. having breakfast at the hotel and the nice lady asks me if I need anything and I say I will have a water. This is how I said it. I'll have a coffee and a water, please. And she responded with Excuse me. And I didn't say the same thing. I didn't say, I would like a coffee and a water, please. I just went to coffee, water, please. <laughs> right? Because ultimately, that's all that matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so my question back is, I know that we have customers, and, and, and we're getting away from it, that mm -hmm. ask, like, how do, how do we make it sound more like a human? Or how do we make it sound more like a natural conversation? My, my question back is, like, as a consumer, does it really matter or is the only thing that matters is that they know what I am, know who I am, what I need and can solve my problem? And, you know, and I, I'll tell you when, probably one of the most interesting parts of the process of when we stood up a natural language application and we'll give you a little, uh, a little peek behind the curtain of how that was done organizations, you would put up uh, basically a, a, a dummy slot that would say, thank you for calling, how may I help you? And it would just record what consumers are saying and would record all of these different calls over a period of time. And 
then you would go and you would have to transcribe all of those. It really was voice of the customer. It was voice of the customer. So yeah. to your point, David, it was two ends of the spectrum. You had people, like your experience this morning, that would say coffee, water, payment, account balance. Then you'd have others that would speak for two or three minutes going yeah. into everything about their call. I'll tell you, some some of those were really funny. <laughs> what they would tell you is because they were thinking they were gonna, you know, they were giving us all this information, they were gonna get a bunch back. So it seemed like there were it was two ends of the spectrum. It was I just get to the point, account balance. Someone else is gonna tell you about why they want their account balance because they need to know if they have enough money to go buy their granddaughter a gift for their birthday and they'll go into it. So it seems like it's it it truly is a consumer preference on short and sweet or I do want to talk to this like it's a person. You know, I had the benefit of working a lot on a really cool pharmacy group here in our company. And natural language isn't just voice. Like mm -hmm. it is text messages, Great chat, point. it is everything, right? And some of my best days were we would get uh, a chance to, to dive into the data of SMS responses. Mm -hmm. And back to your point, you got folks that would just reply, you know, I'm coming to get my prescription or I'll be there tomorrow or stop, like don't text me anymore. Or you get like 300 character responses <laughs> about some sort of family event and why they haven't picked up their prescription and why this and why that. And you know, back when we built bots, it was like, I'm sorry, I didn't understand. Please call the number to get help. Yeah. And 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 now it's fun because you can, I mean, the technology is fantastic. You can really understand intent. But the promise of natural language was always that. It just never got there until just recently. Yep. It feels like when GPT came out, mm -hmm. and I, I'm stealing this from a show that I went to, they basically democratized natural language for everybody. Like, it, it, so you can literally talk to a bot like you're talking to your kid or a, or a teacher or a business person, and it will respond because it understands you. It didn't really do that when we started. No, it was like close. we would build tags yeah. for every which way to say payment, pay this, pay your mom, pay your dad, whatever, and it's still missed. And, yep. and the fun thing about it, and we should probably hold off and talk about that in a minute, but it really has grown amazingly but it really feels like it's only been about six months yep however Surrey and Alexa have been around for years mm -hmm. it just feels like it feels different now anymore um good yeah well I, I think that's a good segue into something you talked about the uncanny uncanny valley right like we are now starting to see things almost looking too so before you go real. what is uncanny valley <laughs> that's a good one actually there was another term that that Eric said that I thought we need to go back and define that one and now I've forgotten what it was but uncanny valley the way I'd like to summarize it is is when something is like too perfect or too real too realistic the way I like to think about it outside of a professional level is like for anyone who has kids I have two beautiful young girls but Anytime the house is quiet and they're home, I feel like something is wrong, right? Like they're being too perfect or too quiet because someone is getting a haircut or 
uh, my, my, my paint is going to be a different color. And Someone's I, artwork's <laughs> going up on your walls. <laughs> yes. Right? So that's how I'd, I'd like to put it outside of the business terms. So, so let, me, let me paraphrase it a bit. It's when natural language or an experience is almost too good to be true. My 13-year-old my would call, to, to your point, like the level of cringe is what my teenager would say oh, at this point. I'm going to try to pull some of that in there. <laughs> how, how cringy can it be? So we were talking yeah. earlier before the, before the episode started. Like what makes you cringe when you think of where this could go? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's you, when you said it, 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 something seems to be too perfect. Isn't like dot, dot, dot. It usually is. Something seems too perfect. So you're right. It's, if it doesn't feel, it's not going to feel human-like if it doesn't feel flawed because humans are flawed. So if it's too perfect, you're going to question something like, Mm -hmm. what did I miss? This seems that went way too easy. It shouldn't have done that. Something is something wrong. And, you know, for, for me, I wouldn't want to have a healthcare experience that I knew there was a bot or there was automation that just felt way too human-like. Yeah. Because if it, it in healthcare, yes, automation's nice, and there's certain things like you said when refilling a prescription or appointment reminders. But if it's something that is like intimately health related do you really want this coming instead of a doctor from some robot and it feels way too human-like for me that would be uncomfortable i wouldn't like it and david you you have a lot of customers who deal with financials right so let me ask you if would you trust uh i hate the word bot now because we can't say it without thinking of negative would you trust a, a virtual agent in the chat space to handle uh, uh, a po- possible fraudulent activity on your card? Right, that's, that's, uh, that's a great question because I feel like as people who work in technology, we try to automate as much as possible. There are times where it just doesn't make sense and we, and we say that to our customers, right? Automate where it makes sense and then get specialized help in specific areas and, and fraud is, is one of those, right? Like. If something's going on with my money, I need to be able to ensure that it's being addressed, right? I think that's one key piece that sometimes automation doesn't do. We can say, well, I'm going to send you a text confirmation. But when it's my money, I just I want to make sure that they're helping me. And it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that technology can't help me get there, right? Like I call my bank. They know who I am. They probably know there's fraud, right? Hey, they like that's the cool part. There have been cases where uh, I go to a casino and want to bet $5 on the Cubs, but it's because I'm in West Virginia and I get yeah. a text from my bank that yep. says, hey, uh, you try to pull some money in West Virginia. Is this you? Like, that's cool, right? Yeah. Then. I call that number and talk to someone. So they've reached out to me and told me that something's going on, but then I'm talking to a person who already knows the background. They know why I'm calling, right? So we talked about this earlier. We've talked about this in a previous episode, getting specialized help, right? Quickly 
and, and go on your way, right? So it's not about automating everything, but it's automating things that can get you to a point where you're talking to someone who's specialized in that area, like someone who specializes in fraud is texting me slash waiting on my phone call. So let me, let me pull it back a little bit towards natural language. So let's say you have something you'd like to dispute. Let's just pick financial for an easy, easy example. Would you trust a chat virtual agent, didn't say bot, we're gonna count that mm -hmm. how many times I say bot, hmm. if they asked you for your social security number? Hmm. Does that hit the uncanny valley of natural language? Yeah. You know it's a bot. You went to xbank.com. You talk. You think you're talking to it. Would you, would you personally trust that service with your credit card number? That, and that's with your social security number. Excuse me. And that's interesting because you know you you log in. We all do mobile banking, and you log in and you feel okay, like it's showing my money. It's allowing me to do transactions, and you feel like there's a level of confidence and trust. Yeah. But if you have this thing off to the side that you're asking, and it could be your fine, your 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 bank's Probably virtual agent, right? Respectable, yeah. VA. But yeah. it feels different. It feels, weird, right? it feels weird that I'm doing a transaction over here that feels sensitive versus I am confident when I log into my bank, whatever I'm doing, nothing's going to get screwed up. And you don't have to answer that question. I just I thought yeah. it was an interesting idea. No, that's that's a good question because it it brings me to times where like authentication is is huge, especially you you said I, I work with, with banks and financial institutions. And one of the ways that whenever I'm speaking with an agent will authenticate me is I sent you a text message Yep. Tell me what those numbers are, or I sent you a text message. Click on this link to give me access, right? Which is it just another great way of using the technology, ultimately getting. Mm -hmm. Well, David, I think you said it earlier about it's 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 a balance. So in your situation where you you have a transaction, you get the 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 good of technology. It triggered something in the system. It sent you a text message that says, "Hey, we see something. Is this really you?" But you're because of phishing or smishing, which for everyone is whether it's via phone, via email, or SMS. The good old you know spam text messages. You have a package to pick up. Click here or redeem this card. I, even if you know that short code, which is the digits you see when you get a text message, that you're like, I think that's such and such bank. I had this happen to me a few years ago. It was during like the holiday season got a text message that said, hey, your card was just used at a toy store in New Jersey, which is not the state I live in. And I got it and I went, well, it's that time of year, but I wouldn't even call the number on the text message. Yeah. I picked up my card and I called the number on the back to get to a human to say, hey, I got this, is this legitimate? And they said, yeah, it was. So. It was, what I liked about that experience though, it was a good balance, right? It and let me know immediately, hey, we, we you know, we, we saw this activity, we're likely gonna send you a new card, but I still was able to call, check, and verify with a human human to say, was this legitimate? So, let, let, let me jump in. So I think context is big, right? Mm -hmm. Like let's compare your experience to my, my casino mm -hmm. experience, right? Yours came out of the blue. Out of the, nowhere. You weren't expecting yep. it. So you were a little apprehensive about, uh, that happens to me all the time. Yeah. 
I receive an email about a sale going on, I don't click the link. Like I go to the website and yeah. ensure that it's real. Yep. Where mine was, hey, you just tried to pull money from this random yeah. casino in West Virginia and I received a text. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm here. I'm here <laughs> so that I know it's real yeah. and so I'm gonna call yeah. this number. So yep. sometimes it's about the context mm -hmm. in which the conversation, whether it be a voice call or, or chat um, it is important, right? So I think I think we should chat about the chat stuff too because- yeah. Before we do, yeah. I, I, want, I, I want to pull on you both on the same, same thread. So in terms of natural language, because we've had this client in our world before, we built a text message solution that was handling white glove credit card customers. And the, the virtual agent or bot at the time could do simple things, but the majority of it went to a human being, right? Granted, this was a few years ago. Pro tip, by the way, <laughs> do not send credit card or any sensitive information through text messages. <laughs> it is an unsecured channel. Don't do it. <laughs> the reason I say that is because natural language was what got us in trouble. Like we, we would ask a cardholder some piece of information and literally tell them, do not send credit card numbers back to us when, it, when you're talking to uh, the agent or the bot. And they continued to send credit card numbers. And so we had to turn this program down because it was causing all kinds of Because your program was so, so good. They were the, so natural so, language, yeah. the natural language was so natural. Yeah. People thought they were talking to a human being and it, it went down that uncanny valley of, well, people trusted us too much. We can't trust anybody else that's you know potentially yeah. watching because the, there's all kinds of reasons why SMS isn't, isn't a secure channel. Yep. Um, but that's the that's the valley, right? That's the the balance of where do you build something that's so good, but also might not need to be that good because of security and right. reason. It's, right. Back to my yeah. coffee and water thing. Yeah. Right. Like, do I really need to say? Will you Fill please get me yeah. <laughs> some coffee and a water? I used to have a boss that said, if you use the word that in a sentence, your sentence wasn't good enough. And I looked at half my sentences and I said, delete, 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 <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Did you say that's a good point? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I should have. Um, all right. Let's keep moving. Um, you have your finger up. You have a question. I want to. I want to get into the natural language and like the difference in how we chat. Okay. Right. Because we've all had the experience. Well, hopefully you haven't, but odds are you have where you, you go to the website, you have some questions and you ask the question to the virtual agent and then it responds with, pick one of these four gives you a menu right mm -hmm. which which then to me is just back to the old school press one for agent press two for payment right where I think where the digital channels are a lot more popular now I think they're not not starting where voices they've started 
where voice was before and I think that we could do better. Maybe it's just a, hey, industry, we can do better and that's all I wanna say and we can move on, but. <laughs> no, you're, you're right, right. I, would, I would say nine times out of 10, that experience of getting into a chat channel after you went through their FAQs and help and they offer it up, after they say, how may I help you? The first thing they do is pull up a menu like the old phone tree DTMF voice channel and then you select one and you go to a sub with you know a sub menu, right. and it, it felt very much like 1999 IVR, Good and year. then a and then a <laughs> yeah exactly. Eventually, you get to well, I I just need to talk to someone. Here's my actual question, and yeah. then you have to wait for for a human agent. I will tell you the best chat experience I ever had was with a company that does like. Box, monthly subscription boxes for pets. We all love our pets. We spoil them rotten. I have a dog. He gets his box every month with toys. And supposedly it was delivered, never was delivered. I reached out via chat. They knew who I was. They knew, they said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm sure your dog, my dog's name is Duck. I guess it's <laughs> Duck. So it happens when you have a child named your dog. I'm sure Duck's, look, you know, bummed he doesn't have his box. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like these little personal touches. Yeah. Don't worry, we're gonna send you out a box t tomorrow to make sure you get that. And it was just, and, and some of it was, I could tell, I could tell was probably a virtual agent. And then it was a little mixture of human agent, but I never once did it say, take me through a, a menu of items to go through. To me, that was an experience. And this was well over a year ago, probably two years ago. I still remember that yeah. because how personalized it was in that channel. We've got about five minutes left. I want to roll forward a few years to kind of the now. Yeah. We've talked about kind of the history. Like I said earlier, ChatGPT kind of took us to a different level of natural language and essentially democratizing. I still stealing that word again. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some things that are just kind of still weird or I should say taboo or we need to talk about a little bit. Yeah. And it probably could spend an entire episode on this. But I'd like to understand, you know, if you were to put this into your channel of choice when you communicate with the brand, do you want the AI to feel empathy for you? Do you want it to, do you want it to feel more human? Or like, for example, uh, we have a, there's a, there's a great company out there that deals with the military. Would you like them, thank you for your service when you call? Mm. Okay, that's a good example, right? Yeah. Would you like the virtual agent to apologize <laughs> when there's a, a dispute on your account that you want to do? Probably so, right? You yep. want a little empathy. Would you like them to say, to your point on healthcare, I know a guy that felt the same way sick. Sorry <laughs> to hear you're sick too. <laughs> like there's just some stuff there, right? So. Where I'm going with it is, what challenges do you guys see coming with these kind of technologies over the next couple of years? Because they're going to get better. Yeah. We've already seen it over the last six months. Like what, what, what scares you a little bit? It, well, it's and you actually said the 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 key word is scared. I think everyone in, in organizations from C level to every employee when ChatGPT exploded, how could we use this? This seems very invasive, how would we use this for our company? 
um, going out and a customer asking a question about my organization, but this thing is searching the entire internet for information. It could bring back information about my competitor and not me. It could bring back something from someone's personal blog that isn't even accurate about my organization. So I think the challenge is how do you put up some fence posts on, on information that uh, for your customers about your organization? I think where it's gonna be an art and science. The science is gonna be getting the information back. The art is gonna be how do you use that? So where do you put empathy in? Because personally, I, I, going back to my experience I just shared about the dog boutiques you know, subscription service, I thought it was funny when they knew who my dog was and said, oh, I'm sure he's mad he didn't get his. Like that to me was a good place to put in some humor. Mm -hmm. But when I have an issue and I get some standard and it could be a human or it could be a virtual agent that says, I'm, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. It just doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel like they really mean it. So for me, just solve my issue. So I think it's, but that's where the art's gonna come in is where do you apply empathy versus not? And then, yeah, it's an art and science. David, I'm gonna ask you the same question, but I'm gonna put a twist on it for you. <laughs> you being Hispanic, we get a lot of questions about multicultural, multilingual, um, same question, what of this new technology scares you and or when it comes to cultural, linguistics, all that stuff, wh where does your head go? What, what, what worries you in this space? Yeah, I think what worries me is, is the challenge because you, you said it, I'm Hispanic, um, my, you know, my family's from Mexico. The unique thing is that every Latin American or Spanish speaking country says things differently, right? We have, we have some help to take care of our girls when my wife and I work, and we've always, to, to ensure that our girls are experiencing other cultures, have had people from other countries. Like we had someone from Venezuela help. We currently have someone from Spain. And even the most innocuous words could be a bad word trigger mm -hmm. in a different language mm -hmm. right so so my what scares me necessarily isn't a bad thing it's the it's supporting a north american business that it has people like in texas there's a lot of mexican american people so it, it could be over generalized that you have to ensure that you you speak a mexican version of spanish where Miami has more Cuban, Puerto Rican, Venezuelan kind of deal. And so it's the challenge, <laughs> but it's cool because it could be solved. It's not a bad thing I'm scared about, but I want to address the, your, your, pet, your pet thing. Mm -hmm. One, when I was a kid, we had a cat named Dog because I wanted to say, <laughs> I wanted to say, what's up, Dog? <laughs> nice. What's up, Dog? But the empathy thing for me isn't, isn't really showing empathy. It's showing that you know who I am, yes, right? It's correct. not making me feel bad or better because my dog didn't get it. It's, I'm sorry that Duck didn't get his thing. Uh -huh. So it's not making you feel better because of the empathy. It's making you feel better because they know 
who you they are. knew who was impacted by it. I mean, it's it's as silly as it sounds. It's a dog, <laughs> but it's it was I, I know your dog's name, and, and hopefully your dog was looking forward to it. So it was like, oh yeah, you know, that's a, it was yeah. just that nice little personal touch. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you an example. One of my f favorite brands in the world is a brand called Melon. They make hats, and I you know I, I'll say it. I had an issue with one of their hats, and I I chatted with them and they said, oh, you got the Coronado. I, 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 you know, I remember when we started this hat and it's you know, like an island in off San Diego, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so the guy knew that I had this hat, you know, the answer was, hey, sorry that happened, we'll send you a new one. That's it, loyal customer forever. I had an issue, they fixed it. Yep. Now I'll have like 15 of those hats, right? And so it's not just because they make me feel better warm inside it's they made me feel like they knew me and could address the problem quickly. yeah that's it's it's almost not the it's not the empathetic response it's it's almost the make it right action so if there whatever that was in your case don't worry we got your hat in my case we're shipping out a new box overnight but they were making it right because you can tell me you're sorry or i i you know they can empathize but if they can't solve my issue yeah it's it's not going to matter you can we're going to run out of time, but I want to I want to ask one last question, and we can we can continue this topic another day. I promise. I think there's a lot to this. The other idea that there's kind of worry in the world is that all this you know, this AI can steal your voice and and be <laughs> be you now, right? There's fraud worries. There's everything else. Mm -hmm. Fun question. If you had your own IVR and you could put any voice on it in the world. Who would you pick? Ooh, who? What person? Just one. What? Give me the company. I need. Uh, I need to know. That's a fair the, point. I need to know um, the. Uh, let's make it fun. Let's make it a. Let's make it a lottery company. A lot. Oh, okay. So like win the like. Yeah. A, okay. Win the lottery. Win the money. Like a sweepstakes. Oh, I've I've got mine just oh. because he. Who you got? Seth Rogen, and he's laughing the entire time <laughs> through it. All right. <laughs> Mine's easy. It's easy. I have two. Okay. And they're like two generations of the same Whoa. person. Antonio Banderas. Oh, yeah, nice. And Vinicio del Toro. Oh, sweet. Right? It's like <laughs> you know awesome. What, but uh, So when you first brought that up, you know who's – and this goes back to just, you know, uh, something that's so unique. The first voice – the first person I thought of was James Earl Jones, just because yeah. I thought the, of Morgan Freeman. The best, the pipe. So if you were told me it had been like a healthcare company, I was like James Earl Jones, yeah. sold. That guy makes me feel like I'm in good hands. I thought of I thought of Morgan, <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, yeah. I, I also, oh, there's Frank Caliendo, the Frank comedian, Caliendo when he when he has more, the, doing the Morgan Freeman voice, just reading anything. That's like, why do you just feel so relaxed and at <laughs> yeah. ease when it's Morgan? It sounds like Morgan Freeman. Would, would do you worry that your voice might be stolen and used against you? Oh, not my voice. No one wants my voice. David, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, no, I was worries. just yeah. telling. I was telling my wife about this the other day and how it's going to happen. And isn't it just crazy how far it's come from like, hey, a prince in Africa just is trying to transfer yeah. money, right? Like the yes. stuff that I tried to work, like tell my mom about because she like, she was always big into technology. So she started and she lived in Mexico. And that was one way we, we started to communicate is we would email each other before yeah. like, WhatsApp became a huge thing. 
and she she would say, "Hey, I got this deal." I'm like, "Mom, <laughs> if it's not for me, it's I'm the only person yeah. who knows your email address." Yeah, yeah. Don't click the link. Exactly. Exactly. The, uh, yeah, I, I'm worried too. Well, uh, well, think about the AI generated songs. Like there's like there's like a Post Malone song. It sounds just like him. Yeah, it's all AI it's generated. A whole sixty minutes yeah. of some of that stuff yeah. with Drake. But I I think we'll end on this. The thing that I think is is interesting for me and why we went down a bit of the path of what we did with mosaics mm -hmm. was if, if you guys are looking for it it's probably three or maybe five years old now google io convention they came out with a a bot that called and made a hair appointment oh yeah for a lady yep. you could not tell who was the salon and who was the bot and that was five years ago <laughs> and i'm terrified of what's coming up but i'm also excited about it so let's keep talking about that later uh, subscribe and like, and thanks for joining us again this week. We will see you soon. Thanks, guys. I wouldn't want something to feel oh, too man. human. I've had that itch before, too. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> That's a blooper yeah, reel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>